15, Luke chapter 15. As you see, uh, we are going to be talking about the lost and found. The lost and found. I know our church has a lost and found in the old prophet's chamber. Um, a lot of times, lost and founds are filled with a lot of junk. If I don't know if you've gone and looked. Um, sometimes you, you'll find some items in there that, that are of value, and you think, how did somebody forget about this? Um, it's amazing how, and this will probably be one of the announcements, uh, not next Sunday, but the following of, we have all the camp lost and found stuff on the back table that kids probably missing one shoe or whatever it might be. But lost and found, we as people put a lot of time and effort into finding different things of value to us. Uh, maybe your family has had a dog that has got loose and has run away, and maybe you've put a lot of effort into finding the dog, of going, anybody seen it? Um, now now you can post something online and hope the neighbors have, have seen it or it's been bugging the neighbors. Um, have you ever lost the keys to a vehicle? And you think, I know I put them right here. Where did those keys go? Or uh, maybe you're missing your phone and somehow it's always on silent when your phone is missing so that you can't uh, normally can't even hear it. But we put a lot of time and effort into finding different things, um, not like the time and effort that a child will often put into finding things. Of, nope, can't find it. Well, where have you even looked? Well, I stood here and I kind of glanced around. Um, but actually searching after things with a, with a desire uh, to find it of great importance. And here in Luke chapter 15, we, we read these parables. We will read, read through them. Um, three different examples that Jesus gave. But Luke chapter 15 and verse 1 is where we will begin reading. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees' scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 just persons who need no repentance. So here we, the, the lost sheep, 99, I, I think for, for our area we could say, what farmer out there who has 100 cows and loses one, you don't say, eh, I got 99 more, that's pretty good, I mean, I only lost one, um, You wouldn't be a very good farmer, and you probably wouldn't be farming for very long if that was your attitude. But which farmer does not go out and puts effort into finding that lost sheep? Verse 8. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. We're going to stop right there for now. Uh, Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we begin. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word tonight. 
As we open it up, uh, we are reminded again how privileged we are that we each have a copy of your word that we can open and see for ourselves the, the truth of your word. Lord, I thank you for those that taught us the importance of reading and, and taught us to read and so that we could read your word. Lord, as we meet, I ask that you would guide our time together, that your spirit would guide our, our thoughts, your spirit would guide the words that I say, that everything that we do would be pleasing to you. Lord, I thank you again for your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So here we see two of the parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin. And as we met this morning and talked about the gospel being the good news of, of salvation, of after years and years of, well, of silence, 400 years of silence, but on top of that of, of God speaking to various people, but now we have the good news that a Savior has been born, uh, the Savior of the world. And we ended by uh, what keeps us back from sharing that good news with others. And now tonight we are going to be looking at this passage of the importance that our Savior places on the lost and looking at the lost and found. And here in Luke chapter 15, we see, first of all, the shepherd's love for the sheep, the shepherd's love for the lost sheep. As as I said, uh, no shepherd would say, I have 99 other sheep. That one should have known better than to wander off anyways. It's its own fault. It's going to get what it had coming to it. That would not be a shepherd who cares for and loves for his loves his sheep. The shepherd, if you if you think about this, suffered more over the lost sheep, more anguish over the lost sheep than the sheep did. Um, if you've ever had sheep at your house, they're not the most intelligent creatures, are they? It probably... It probably maybe didn't even know it had wandered away from the flock at this point. Um, I've had some experiences with sheep, uh, most of which they, they ended up dying for one reason or another. Um, and that's why I don't have sheep anymore. <laughs> maybe I was a bad shepherd. Maybe that was the problem. But the shepherds in here, you see the shepherds love for the sheep. It says that he if he loses the one, uh, he goes out into the wilderness after he has lost it, until he finds it, seeking out that lost sheep. If you then take this and show, it gives us a picture of God's love for the lost, seeking out that which is lost, grieving over the lost fellowship with the sheep. What When sin entered the world, that fellowship with God was broken. But then when Jesus came, through his sacrifice on the cross, we once again could have fellowship restored. So in this passage, it brings out, it says that, first of all, that the, the sheep was lost. But then it says that the shepherd, the reaction from the shepherd was to seek it out until he found it. And that then that caused rejoicing. Uh, we know from the word of God that God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. So does your heart hurt for the lost around you as you see the needs of the lost around you does your heart is your heart burdened for them as i mentioned many times when children are looking for things uh you can notice how important it is to them by how seriously they look for it right um 
Shoes are something we're always looking for right now, it seems like. And shoes are of not much importance, especially to a little boy, right? Of, no, I, I, nope, can't find them. I don't, I don't really need them. But if some candy that they had goes missing, do you think they search with the same, nope, can't seem to find my candy anywhere. Do you think they search with the same intensity? No. Have you seen this? I had, I had five Starbursts left. And I can't find any. What They know exactly how many are gone. This was the last place they were seen. Um, do you see any wrappers around? Do I smell any starburst on your breath, right? It's a mission. Why? Because they are passionate about finding that candy. In, the, in sharing the good news of salvation with the lost around us, do we have the idea of, well, if they come and ask me, then, then I'll share with them. Or are we seeking out opportunities to, to plant seeds and water? Um, hey, you know what? Maybe I can bake some cookies and take to my neighbors to open that door so that I can have that opportunity. In Luke 19 and verse 10, it says that the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. So we see the shepherd's love for the lost sheep. And then in the next parable, we see the woman's dedication to finding that lost coin. It says that if she loses that coin, does she not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds the lost coin? So over a lost coin, she searches carefully. In, In this, you see the dedication that she has in finding that which is lost. If we take this back to sharing the good news of salvation with those who are lost, how dedicated are you? Maybe you say, well, I had a bad experience one time. You know, I had a door slammed in my face. Um, one, one time I was over with Sal Johnson and we were going door to door and we barely knocked on the door and a person came to the door. What do you want? And we, we just started, we're from such and such church, and, and, and they go, religion, religion, we don't need the religion, and just slam the door. Now, Brother Sal didn't say, that's the second time that's happened to me, I'm, I'm done, I'm giving up. No, went on to the next door and continued through dedication to seek out that which was lost. So how dedicated are you in sharing the good news? So in our first two parables, we read of the lost sheep. We read of the lost coin. But then we go on and we could call it the uh, lost son. But really, it's the, the parable of the prodigal son. But really, the, the, the parable is all about the father. It's about the father's love. So um, let's Luke chapter 15. And verse 11, then he, then he said, a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided them his livelihood. Now stop right there. The son comes to him and says, I want my inheritance. Now that's pretty much the son telling the father, I wish, I wish you were dead because I'm ready to get the money from you. I I wish you were dead. So right off the bat, you see the attitude of the younger son. 
He's saying, Dad, give me my inheritance now because I'm tired of waiting for you to die so that I can get what belongs to me. And it says that the father gives it to him. And verse 13, not many days after the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all there, there arose a severe famine in the land and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. Now, as a Jewish person, this is hitting the very bottom, eating the same food that pigs is eating. I mean, you, you can't get any lower than this young man has fallen. Verse 17, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Now his older brother was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, can't even call him his brother, as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. Remember, he had already given the younger brother his inheritance. So everything left was going to the elder son. It, it, it was right that we should make Mary and be glad for your brother. He doesn't say this son of mine. Your brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Here in this, we see the love of the father. The love of the father that... The prodigal son is all about the father's love. The father's love is a forgiving love. Uh, forgiveness, as we mentioned this morning, is all about restoration. He, the father did not say, okay, son, I want to see how, how much you, you mean your repentance. I want to see you get down on your knees, and I want to make sure, you know, I'll give you a month trial to see if you're truly sorry about blowing all your money. No, the, the father quickly forgave him. And what did he do? He restored him. He didn't say, okay, I forgive you, but I'm going to put all these stipulations on, on my forgiveness. He forgave him and he restored him. 
as we mentioned, God not only has forgiven you and restored you, he has adopted you into his family. And the father in this example quickly forgave the son. But a father's love is not only forgiving, but it is also patient. Look at the patience that the father showed to the younger son in patience in waiting, waiting for that son. He didn't say, "Okay, I'm giving up hope on him. He took his money. He wished I was dead. Good riddance. No, he he was looking for the son that as he was a great while off, he saw him coming and he ran to meet him. But then also look at the patience for the second son. He wouldn't even come into the house. The elder son couldn't even bring himself to come into the house. It says he called one of the servants. Hey, what's going on? Why is this party taking place in our house? And the servant told him, oh, your your brother has come back. And it says that, that uh, he was angry and would not go in. He could not even go and talk to the father. He did not have the father's heart. He definitely did not have the father's love for his brother. But the patience of the father in dealing with this, the elder son, it says that he went out, the father went out to him and pleaded with him. The patience of the heavenly father. Think how patient God has been in your life. How many times have you been maybe like the younger son in rebellion against God? Or maybe you've been like the older son of why are, why are you getting, why are they getting this, God? Why is this happening to them? I've been, I've been trying to live in, in a way pleasing to you. I've, I haven't done anything wrong. Why are these things happening to me? And think of God's patient dealing in your life. This gives us an example of the Father's love. It is a patient love, but then it is a pursuing love. The Father sought out both sons to bring them back to the fold. And in each of these these examples, we see the pursuit, the shepherd's pursuit of the lost sheep, the lady's pursuit of the lost coin, and then the father's pursuit of the lost son. Now, in each of these examples that we have, in each of these uh, parables that we have, when the item that was sought out was found, it brought on great rejoicing. Um, And so that shows us that salvation of the lost should cause us to be filled with great rejoicing. We we need to learn as as believers, we need to learn how to celebrate. There are things that we should be celebrating. Um, It doesn't matter if your sports team wins or loses. It doesn't matter if uh, things are whoever you want in office is gets elected in office. We ought to learn to celebrate the salvation of the lost. Um, here in chapter 15, what's it say? Uh, the first, uh, the lost sheep. And they say, I say to you, likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety nine. And then with the lost coin in verse 10, likewise, I say there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. That each of them, after they had found the lost item, threw, threw a celebration. They threw a party. Um, and church should be a, a place that we can celebrate the salvation. So if somebody says, hey, I have to share with you uh, 
I was able to share with my neighbor and they came to know Christ. We should be filled with celebrating. Hey, let's kill the fatted calf. Let's celebrate because a lost person has come to salvation. So I just want to share, how can you and I, how can we reach the lost around us? First of all, it takes getting our focus off of ourselves and having our eyes open to the needs of those around us. In Jesus' ministry, it talked often about that when he saw their needs, he was moved with compassion for them. Sadly, too often we are so focused on our own needs that we don't see the needs of those around us. Uh, We were talking earlier about the storm that rolled through, and I don't know how many of you got the notification on your phone, tornado warning for Lucas County, and and you kind of look outside even though it is dark, not like you're going to see anything, Uh, tornado warning, and you immediately, okay, are we in danger? And then about a half hour later, the sirens started going off, and we went down to our basement, but we knew there was the possibility of a dangerous situation heading our way. Those that do not know Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, there is a dangerous situation coming their way. More more dangerous, more important, more destructive than a tornado. But what are you doing to see their needs and to share with them the good news of salvation? So have your eyes open to those around you and then be willing to be used by God. I believe it was when uh, Gary was getting ready to leave for Japan. He shared with the church about his goal as he went over there was to just be willing to be whatever God wanted him to do. And that's always stuck with me of uh, being willing to be used by God. That are you willing to allow God to use you in whatever area he sees fit? Not whatever area you see fit. But whatever area that God sees fit, if you are uh, coaching a team, if you are part of a team, you love the the players that are willing to do whatever the team needs. They're great teammates. Um, If they need this person to play this position, it may not be their most fun and favorite position, but they're willing to play it and they'll they'll do a good job and, and go hard at it. God wants each of us to be willing. Lord, wherever you want me, just plug me in and I'm going to give it my all. So be willing to be used by God, but then think of the joy and be filled with the joy of that comes from the salvation of one lost soul. As we read these, there was there's more rejoicing in heaven. Just think of when a sinner comes to repentance, that there's rejoicing that breaks out in heaven. You know, uh, college football will be starting soon and... When a team scores a touchdown, all the fans, their fans in the stands don't just sit there. Yay, good. No, there's rejoicing, right? There's there's people you don't even know you're giving high fives to because you you guys are on the same team. I mean, I'll probably never see you again, but we're on the same team. We're we're rejoicing that our team scored. There is rejoicing that takes place in heaven when a sinner cries out to God for salvation. But then think of God's love and forgiveness to you. As I think about how much God has shown his love to me and granted forgiveness to me, then it makes me want to take that and share that with others. In Matthew, it says, freely you have received, freely give. 
Uh, maybe you've heard, you are blessed in order to be a blessing. You have received the good news. Now, what are you doing to share that? So think about how much God's love has transformed your life and how much his forgiveness has transformed your life. But then listen to the Spirit's leading. We don't, as we want to go and share with the lost, it's not just about knocking down every door and and beating them over the head with it. Unless the Spirit does the working in their heart, your your words are vain. So, Follow the Spirit's direction in your heart. Uh, he will prompt you, and hopefully you have experienced this of, you know what, you need to share, share with this person. This person right here uh, could use a, a kind word. This person, you need to plant a seed right there. Point them, point them to the Savior. So as the Spirit prompts you, Step out in obedience, knowing that the Spirit will not prompt you without giving you what you need to follow through. So as the Spirit prompts you to share with your neighbors, with your co-workers, with your family, with your loved ones, know that the Spirit will give you the words to say. And then pray for God to give you a love for the lost. We ought to be praying daily, Lord, help me to have your your heart and your love for those around me, that that I would see them the way that you see them. Uh, there's a song that says, uh, people need the Lord. And it talks about every day they pass me by and I can see their lostness, their emptiness. And it's a reminder that people are in desperate need of the Lord. So as you hear of all the evil going on around you in the news, Don't make it you harden your heart, but make it so that you cry out to God, Lord, this world is hurting. This world is in desperate need of you. We can only reach the area that God has placed us. So, I mean, right here tonight we have, I don't even know how many different counties. If you spread out this group from each of our houses, it's a wide area that, that this group here can reach. And God has placed you in your neighborhood. He's placed those neighbors around you so that you might be a light to them. The Lord loves to seek and to save that which is lost. So may we have his heart for the lost. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in Luke 15, it gives us a a picture of of your heart for as a father. Um in your amazing love for us. Lord, I thank you for uh, working and seeking out us so that we come to saving knowledge. Lord, I thank you for the, the people that were willing vessels that you used to bring us the truth. May we have your heart for the lost. Lord, the need is so great around us. Uh, help us to see that need. And help them to help us to take them the only answer, which is a personal relationship with you. Lord, you are so good. You are so faithful. Uh, We love you and we thank you for allowing us to be a part of your family. In Jesus name I pray. Amen.